This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. Hey! Hour two off and running. Thanks uh, for hanging in there with me today on this Friday. If you're just tuning in, welcome. Welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt. JB is here also with us in the uh, Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. JB's driving this bus. He's going to get you safely up to the front door of the drive with Jake Wimberly coming up at 3 o'clock. So a couple of hours left with you here. And we got a lot of ground to cover. So uh, hit me up. Call me. Text me. Comment on the Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube live stream. We'll get it in there. Ah, shoot. Jason, if you're listening, I, I know you were hanging on. We lost you. I didn't want to get you in that last one without enough time to get your comments in. So call me back if you get a chance, Jason. Love to hear from you today. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. It's 995-1059-601. 995-1059. That's the number to call. Also, Text me on the Country Please and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 also. 885-ESPN. A few comments here on the live stream. Pat, earlier over on Periscope, said, I think Wuhan is more prevalent at the neighborhood Walmart than the weight room. Yeah. Now, let's think about that a minute. Okay. And, and just so that everybody's sensitivities and everything and Leanings are protected here. Let's let's just call it COVID. All right. COVID-19 more prevalent at the neighborhood Walmart than in the weight room. I tell you what, what we're going to do right now. We're going to think about that and then we're moving on. Okay. Because I want to talk about the 2014 Egg Bowl. Now, every state fan just went, what? Like record scratch. Did Matt, why on earth would Matt want to talk about the 2014 Egg Bowl? I'll tell you coming up. But think about that. Pat says, I think COVID-19 is more prevalent at the neighborhood Walmart than the weight room. And I think by weight room, it's because I was bringing up our, you know, in leagues that are canceled, are the players still going to be on campus working out and going through walkthroughs and going to class or not. We're trying to we're trying to protect people from getting the virus. If that's the nuts and bolts of it, there's got to be something else about this whole cancellation of sports in certain areas. And I think we know what it is because we're not canceling trips to Walmart. We're not shutting down society everywhere else. So there's got to be more to it. My sister also commented on Facebook. She said, people who have a dog in the fight don't want to present all the information so that you make up your own mind. They want to tell you what to think and tell you that they are the only accurate source. That is a huge problem, isn't it? Yeah, they must, 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 must be right all the time so there can always be a comeback to an and I told you so moment. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. First up, Jason is back with us. Appreciate that, Jason. What's up? What's on your mind? Uh, nothing much. Y'all hear me all right? Yeah, I got you loud and clear. All right. Uh, 
what was it, uh, Ravel or Forty said that they, the SEC was looking at the same information as the Pac-12? Yes. Is that what they said? That's what they said. Not, not true. I'd like to know, I'd like to know which of their schools has, we'll just use the California one, has 14,000 deaths. You know, like you could walk out off the campus and throw the, throw a rock and hit 20 people that have died from it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, that that stat does not exist in the SEC, right? So, and part of that is because of no population, comparison. right? Like part of that is because you oh, know, yeah. population. But, but that's my point, Jason. Exactly what you're saying, and I know where you stand on this, and have. That's my thing: is how can some how can people get away with just splattering some some thought like that uh-huh. out there that is totally yeah. not true? Yeah. I mean, I yep. just I don't understand how they get away with it, man. But uh, uh, see, I, I want to make clear that I understand why the Pac-12 is canceled. They've got seven schools that have been hit right in the mouth with this. Like, you can't get off of their campus without walking right into it. Hmm. The Big Ten is not like that. Their campuses aren't involved either. Detroit might have been, Cincinnati and Cleveland might have been, but there are no campuses in those big cities, and they weren't hit like the Pac-12 schools were anyway. So there's something else going on up there. Yeah. In J- my opinion. <clears throat> Jason, I appreciate you. I, all right. Y'all take it easy. You all too, right. man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you hanging on and then calling back very, very much, Jason. Really do appreciate you listening and tuning in. Yeah. Look, and and I don't want to. I'm not going to. I don't have the energy or really the care. You have to care to have energy to argue something. I don't care enough to have the energy to argue whether or not they should cancel, whether or not they should shut down their football season. Somebody who does probably then would step up, Jason, and go, okay, we'll accept that, that that information about the number of deaths, certain areas close to campuses. Then why is anybody on campus? Why is Walmart open? Johnny, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone. Hey, Johnny, what's happening? How you doing, guys? Am I clear? Yep, loud and clear. Thank you. Oh. Hi, yes, sir. Uh, the Walmart comment. Um, there's nobody in Walmart that's tackling <laughs> or throwing anybody down or in a photo with Walmart. Uh, unless you, going in, unless you shoplift. <laughs> if you shoplift, you may get tackled. Otherwise. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're right. I, I, there's a big security guard with a mask on. He, he's telling you, okay, you got to put a mask on before you come in here, guys. Mm-hmm. So. The Walmart comment, that's irrelevant. Um, me personally, um, if the power, if one of the power five is not going to be in it, guys, you got to shut it down. Let's shut it down and find out what type of, um, um, what type of sickness can this thing have in the long run? Mm-hmm. On down, like 20, like five years from now, we got to find out what this stuff is all about before we start, you know, bringing the kids in and getting them exposed to this situation. Yeah. Yeah, um, Johnny, so, I I, 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 I disagree on one one uh, level, and that is, well, okay, long term stuff. There's two different ways to look at it. One is what definitively, scientifically, and medically do you know that is a, is a reason to shut it down, or do you look at it from a do you look at it from a totally different angle and you go, well, it's unknown 
therefore we have to shut it down. Like, which angle are we going to come at it? Because you, you get what I'm saying is, I understand, yeah. you know, the idea of an unknown is really scary if there's unknown consequences. Well, let me put it to you this way. There was a time when people didn't know that smoking cigarettes was really, really bad. Everybody smoked mm -hmm. them. Everybody did, right? I guarantee you, I guarantee you there were people at that time who thought to themselves, man, this can't be good for you. And then others went, well, I'm smoking, though, because science hasn't told me it's bad for me yet. Well, that person died from lung cancer at 45 years old. Well, I get it. So that's one way to look at it. But the other side of this is, okay, how much and to what level are we going to shut down society and shutter the windows based on an unknown? That's all I'm saying. And that's hard to do, especially when you're talking about you know, NCAA sports and that kind of stuff, when we've been told for months that young people don't contract it at the same rate, that they're not as susceptible. We're being told now by people like Nick Saban, we're being told now that the players are actually better off and safer in their facility and around their team because they get tested three times a week. We got a running back at Alabama who said I believe I'm actually safer here with the team than if I'm not. So it's unknown. I get it. And they're looking at all that. But I think what's going on is these leagues are proceeding cautiously and haven't, at this point, they haven't gotten to the point yet where they have run into something that says it's better to cancel it, shut the doors and lock them, and send them home. They just haven't gotten to that point yet. And I'm not sure they will. And and the other thing I disagree with too, Johnny, is I don't understand, and you may want to explain it, I don't understand why one league canceling means that the others should also. Because of the Power Five. There's no way you can pick a legitimate camp yeah. without five of those guys being in there. Uh, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, believe me, guys. I le I need some football myself. My legs are <laughs> shaking. I've been waiting for this all through the whole season. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a Gator, I, and I think that we're going to be in the championship this year. But you know, but hey, you know, we have to find out what's really going on with this stuff. Because, like I said, you know, my my only son, my only daughter, and and she's up in this, and I will basically take her out because. She's my only child, mm. and I'm not. I, I'm, I, and I won't jeopardize that for anybody. Yeah. And I, I, I can certainly understand that. Yeah, I can certainly understand that for sure. We have a nine-year-old, and she's scheduled to start school on Monday here. And that's, it's, um, you know, it just be lying as a parent to say that we don't worry. You know, I guess that's the thing. But uh, maybe there's no way to avoid that. Johnny, appreciate you listening. Thanks for calling. Okay, call me anytime. Uh, do we still have Harold, JB? Is he hanging on? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Harold on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up? Hey, I'm calling from Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, hey. Uh, okay. Hey. Seminole country. Hi. Yes, sir. Uh, what I wanted to say was there have been people that have recovered from this disease, mm -hmm. but it seems like the treatment that they have received or drugs that they got has been kept quiet. So why don't we, you know, 
money and more knowledge put out. I mean, I realize this is probably not the tax program on that, but that's, you know, uh, people have recovered from this disease, but uh, the treatment they uh, receive, I guess, has been kind of kept kind of quiet. Hmm. And I saw recently that um been more deaths in the U.S. than third world countries. But these third world, third world countries have been taking that hydro, whatever, uh, yeah. Truck. Yeah. The, so, yeah, I get the hydro part too. I don't know about the rest. I can't say the rest of it, much less, spread, right. you know, but yeah, Harold, um, you know, I don't really know, I, you know, I guess to a fault, uh, I look at everything through a sports lens on the medical side of it. I don't really know. I haven't gotten into that fight. Don't have a ton of information on it, but, um, you know, maybe there is, you know, some truth to that. <coughs> Hey, I appreciate you listening, and thanks for calling. Thanks for listening in Tallahassee. Call me anytime. Earlier, I said to get rid of the uh, digit. what I call it? I said get rid of the digital french fries because they're bad for you. <laughs> I don't know where that analogy came from. It just popped in my head, and boom, out it came. Patrick said, but man, I love my french fried taters. Well, they taste good, but they're not necessarily good for you. Patrick says, I agree 100%. They try to compare it to the Spanish flu. You cannot compare the Spanish flu with 113 million population to the coronavirus of 331 million population. So we've tripled the population in that 100 years. Of course, there are going to be more cases and deaths. Keep preaching, Matt. Maybe these people will wake up before it's too late. Seriousness of it? Sure. Is it a real thing? Yes. Is it killing people? Yes, there is no vaccine. They're still trying to figure I mean, it's dangerous. It's scary. All these things. But there is a way to approach this that some aren't approaching it. And what I started today was just simply in this, in everything that we all agree on, this gigantic unknown treatments. We don't know about that. We just had somebody from Tallahassee, Florida call who's wondering about treatments and this medicine. Nobody knows anything. You know, nobody has a handle on it. So it's this giant unknown. Yet, in the same way that some people unjustifiably pin the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to the wall for canceling their season, which you can't do, you shouldn't do, certainly the big media entities who have some big voices shouldn't be out here pinning the SEC and the ACC to the wall for trying to keep going right now. It's totally irresponsible on their part. It's wrong is what it is. You got something the, the the something in the cogs blocking the thinking process for those people who are doing that. Matt Daddy with an update. Sorry to say the free barbecue event is ending early due to heavy rain. You know what's weird, Matt Daddy? Uh, up here in North Mississippi, like before we came on the air at noon. The bottom fell out. Huge, gigantic rainstorm here, just flooding. And within minutes, it stops and the sun's back out. Welcome to a steam bath. Steam bath. And I'm sitting here thinking while I'm on the show, looking out the window, going, man, when I walk out of here, my grass is going to be knee high. Yeah. Is that steam and that heat? It it hadn't rained down here in about seven days. And then yesterday, it was rained hard, hard till about noon. Yeah. And then today it's supposed to be out here by about four o'clock. But I went during the top of the hour break and looked outside, man. 
I couldn't even see my car. It was raining so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't get any for a while, but when you do get it, boy, you get it. The get rain that is. Get wood together. <laughs> right. Unnamed texter said, what is, what's the difference between a non-playing, non-sport playing student, so non-student athlete dying and a fall sport athlete dying? So let me go back. He's saying, what's the difference in a non-athlete at, at a school versus a student athlete at a school dying? Is there science that I'm not aware of that indicates location of contraction? The, uh, that alone should blow holes in the liability of the conferences that they're so scared of. It's Liability is part of this. It's not all of it. Somebody texted in and said the flu kills far more. I don't think that's true. DB says uh, you can always shut it down later at any time. That's exactly right. Eric on the text line says... Johnny wants to shut it down for five years. Football's not been shut down due to CTE, and we know a lot about those effects. Heart issues exist in many viral infections. Most heal themselves naturally with no issues. Let's play ball. And that's the thing about it. Right now, all the research they have about that cardiac inflammation, the myocardia stuff caused by this, potentially if you get COVID, it is like other infections. Other infections cause it. They've known that for years. Brooksy McJack says this. This isn't about having football to watch or crown a champion. This is about making it through so jobs and lives don't crater. The most COVID-free place in America would be a Power 5 game field. Now, I want you all to think about that for a second. Every athlete on a football team in the Power 5 is going to be tested for covid on Sunday, by mandate, again on Wednesday, by mandate, and I know this, in the SEC, they're all going to be tested again on Friday. Anybody that tests positive. I would almost guarantee you this, Brooksy McJack, you may have an athlete on that Friday text, I'm sorry, on that Friday test that doesn't test positive but is coughing and sneezing with a runny nose and feverish but he didn't test positive on Friday and they're not going to put him out there by the time those teams run out there in a power five field on Saturday I'm willing to agree with you Brooksy It'd be the most COVID-free place in America. Res dog, there's a flu vaccine, yet 50,000 still die every year. Jason, LOL. He says, my thoughts on that. If you close Walmart, a whole bunch of communities don't have grocery stores anymore, hardware stores, especially in the SEC. I can tell you, in Phoenix, they are strict, even more so in Los Angeles. Almost everything in Los Angeles is closed. It isn't the same everywhere. Tyler says much of the anger and confusion is due to what one would call doublethink, not as conditioned to accept it as they thought we were. Doublethink. Here's the definition. He sends me the definition. The acceptance of or mental capacity to accept contrary opinions or beliefs at the same time 
especially as a result of political indoctrination. Hmm. I don't think I realized that that was an actual word, doublethink. And it's not the same as doublespeak. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Doublethink. That's interesting. Listen, there's a guy. Um, I can't think of his name now. And one of his mantras, he's a motivational guy, one of his mantras was, uh, be open to everything and attached to nothing. <laughs> Try thinking through that. <laughs> it is interesting. That sounds like one of my yoga teachers. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Be open to everything. Huh? What'd she say? <laughs> be attached to nothing. Uh, I'd like to remain attached to the floor. Thanks. Matt Daddy says, I'm an attorney, and I believe any school that lets players on the field without a COVID waiver is insane. Requiring a waiver would be a deterrent for some players, but not requiring a waiver could ultimately wipe out entire programs. But, Matt Daddy, there are you say you're an attorney. There are other attorneys who will look you square in the eye. Many hundreds of thousands of them will look you square in the eye and tell you that that waiver they signed, that waiver you signed before you went down the water slide at Panama City, that waiver is not worth the paper you wrote it on. It's So what if you signed a waiver? That's what we're told by other attorneys. All right. Pat, I bet. Pat says a jamboree at Tri-County yesterday outside football. He said dot, dot, dot. Glorious. <laughs> I bet. It was like, a, was it a hallelujah moment? What it about that? Resplendent. Resplendent. There's that word again. <laughs> I still I still don't know how to use it. I'll get there. <laughs> hey, what about that 2014 Egg Bowl? I'll tell you what I thought about it. Coming up next. Stick around. Now back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Yeah, that's right, Sven. Sven watching the live stream of the show on YouTube today. He's out in uh, Germany, so it's it's night over. It's nighttime over there. He adds seven hours. Right? He's approaching nine p.m. I think that's the way it is. Yeah, Danny was also saying on YouTube that uh, he saw an article this morning where Michigan State is allowing intramural sports in spite of the Big Ten canceling football. <laughs> Somebody even put on my Twitter feed today and said, I bet, uh, they said, I bet Justin Fields at Ohio State could put together a heck of a flag football team. And somebody responded and said, Yeah, I could even get a trophy. (laughs) Okay. And Sven, I don't know the military time. I have to count it on my fingers. See, I'm on a 12 hour clock over here in uh, good old Miss. 830 over there. It'd be 2030, 2037, 2027. He just gave me 2026. I was going to have to do the math. I'm glad you that, did that. You know what that means, Matt? What? That means you're prime time in Germany. <laughs> hey, yeah, we're on in prime. <laughs> we're on in prime time. Yeah. In uh, several years. communicating. Several European countries. <laughs> we have huge audiences. We're just lucky to have Sven. He's a big state fan. So he said, 2014 wasn't that the 31 to 17 loss to Ole Miss? Yes, the 2014 Egg Bowl is the subject of today's classic game flashback on CBS. Here's how that came up. All right, 
here's how that came up. Yesterday, we were doing the first classic game flashback. It was a 2014 Mississippi State versus Kentucky game, and the performance in that game that was so important from Josh Robinson in a game that was so important that people have kind of forgotten how it was important. Everybody looks back to the LSU game that year for State, and they look back at the Auburn game for State, and they forget how important that Kentucky game because that was the first one out of the shoot as the number one team. Anyway, there's a nice film study about that game, the one we talked about yesterday, uh, on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Well, that's why, because, you know, we brought it up, and Mad Mail Person yesterday, who's an Ole Miss fan, he said in there, he said, well, Dak was always overshadowed during those years by Ole Miss. I kind of disagree. I thought, you know, in terms of overshadowed, I don't think that's true, unless you're an Ole Miss fan. But it is true that that game, the 2014 Egg Bowl, Ole Miss's win in that game kept Mississippi State out of the college football playoff that first year, as it were. State wound up a 10-win team as opposed to an 11-win team. Right? They would have been 11 wins. If they could have won it, they'd have been 11 wins and their only loss by five points in Tuscaloosa. They probably put them in, given some of the other dominoes that fell. And so I thought this morning as I'm up working out, I thought I'm going to look at I haven't, I have not watched the 2014 Egg Bowl in many years. Well, it can only be so many. Yeah. I think uh, maybe I watched the replay a couple times. Anyway, went back and watched it this morning. And there were so many things in that game that jumped out at me, but I think it another one is individual performances in that game that so many people maybe have forgotten that were huge. But a couple of key plays, and then one key matchup in that game that was so huge. And you're right, Sven said that they had this great third quarter. They did. If you look at the scoring in that game, again, 2014 Egg Bowl, going into that ball game, Ole Miss was 8-3. and three. State was 10-1 and one and ranked fourth in the country in the college football playoff going into that game. Ole Miss scored first, 7 nothing. State comes back, gets a field goal in the second quarter. It was 7-3 to three Ole Miss at halftime. Low scoring first half, weird. But, you know, for State fans, it was certainly odd because your offense was really limited. The only other team who'd been able to do that was Arkansas, and, and that was when Dak was hang, banged up, kind of hurt. So you come out in the third quarter, and what happened? Right off the bat, when State got the ball, they went on a three-minute drive, went down the field in nine plays, Dak punched it in, State went up 10-7. to 10-7 to to start the third quarter, and I remember everybody in the stadium, it seemed to think, okay, here it comes. We kind of know what we've known about this guy and this offense. Here it comes, right? Well, that's not what happened. Immediately, Ole Miss got the football, and it took them four plays to answer that score and retake the lead. The reason it took four plays is because they had this huge pass play from Bo Wallace to Evan Ingram. Robert Conyers in at center now. This one. Oh, boy. Evan Ingram is off to the races. 
Evan Ingram at the 10, down at the 2. <laughs> you got to have a guy that can throw strikes. It was a vertical route up the seam to Evan Ingram, who lined up at tight end on the line of scrimmage. Y'all really ought to go back and watch this. But you'll remember, remember Ole Miss scored first in the game, right? Like I told you, they had a touchdown in the first quarter in that Egg Bowl. Well, they went down there and scored, and it only took two plays because on first down, what they do? They hit this long pass play to Evan Ingram, who got caught and tripped up at like the two-yard line. Well, here was one in the third quarter, the same thing. They hit him. He runs it all the way down gets tripped up at the two-yard line. But what it was is the guy who was covering him on that particular formation what Ole Miss did is they, like if I'm the quarterback, they put Evan Ingram at the tight end position to the left on the line of scrimmage, like a traditional tight end position. And then all the other receivers were out to the right. So he was to the left of the formation all by himself. Well, State before the snap was kind of confused there. And you could see him like moving around, pointing, trying to figure out who's supposed to cover this tight end and pass. They moved him around. They were in nickel. And in the game as the nickelback was Will Redmond, who's still playing in the NFL. I think he's with the Packers now. Really good ball player. But a corner by trade. Well, it put Will Redmond as the nickel in the slot, and he was supposed to cover Evan Ingram. Ingram released off the line of scrimmage, running vertical up the scene, and then gave a little tip of his head to the outside, like just a little flinch to the outside like he was going to run to the sideline. And when he did that, Will Redmond spun all the way around 360 degrees like he was thought he was going out there, totally got spun around, and Evan Ingram then went back vertical and was all alone wide open. Bo Wallace throws it to him on a rope up the seam, and the middle linebacker, Beniquez Brown, was literally two to three inches <laughs> from batting that pass away and just barely missed it. And when he missed it, there's nobody left. Ingram catches it, and now it's a foot race from one end of the field to the other. The guy who caught him was Will Redmond, who got spun around to begin with. He ran him down and tripped him up at the two-yard line. But anyway, Ole Miss punched it in. And, and the names, that was a thing, too, going back and watching the game. The names that jumped back out at me from that ball game that I had, hadn't thought about in forever. So that was Ole Miss going down there in the third quarter to retake the lead. They were down 10-7. Four-play scoring drive. Well, the guy who scored was Jeremy Liggins. Y'all remember Jeremy Liggins? You know, the big quarterback from Lafayette County. I remember covering him in high school. Big 300-pound quarterback. Yeah, that was a huge 300-pound quarterback. You know what they did? He scored the, the touchdown there on a direct snap, punches it in. And on the extra point, he lined up at tight end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the tie, yeah. You know, and so they retook the lead, 14-10. to 10. They got a field goal later. And then, late third quarter... They got the football on their own nine-yard line, ran one play, a toss sweep to the right to Jalen Walton, and y'all remember he reversed his field. It was incredible. First down, 10. Toss. Very good pressure defensively. This is Walton. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's a foot race, and Walton is going to go all the way. How about that? I, I, he tossed sweet to the right, made a guy miss, reversed his field, 91-yard touchdown run out the gate the other way. That made it, what, made it 24-10 to 10 at that time? Yeah. 
put them up 24 to 10 and all this is late third quarter. And all of a sudden you're thinking, oh boy, well, it wasn't over because state gets a ball. They started the fourth quarter on the next drive. They went nine plays, 75 yards, cut it to a one score game, 24, 17. And you remember Ole Miss then came back, went right down the field in two plays and scored Cody core touchdown, made it 31, 17. And that was your final. Um, when I went back and looked at that, of course, the names again. Look at the passing in that game. That was a 31 to 17 win for Ole Miss in that Egg Bowl 2014. It kept State out of the college football playoff. Throwing the ball, Bo Wallace did not have a touchdown pass. You know, he was hurt going in that game. He was 13 of 30, 296, no TDs, and did have an interception. Dak threw the ball pretty well in that game. He was 22 of 37, 282 and a touchdown. State did not have a 100-yard rusher. That was the big thing, too. Ole Miss outrushed Mississippi State in that game. Nobody saw that coming in that particular ball game. You know, I went back and watched it. There was a quote in there on the broadcast where Hugh Freeze had said, you know, yeah, Bo has made some bad plays at different times and people get on his case, but he said that Ole Miss would not have been anywhere near where they were as a program at that time without Bo Wallace. And I started thinking, boy, he put up huge numbers. He won a lot of games, won some important games, took him to bowls. And I just wonder if Bo Wallace is maybe the most underappreciated quarterback in Ole Miss history. He was tough as nails. I know that, man. Well, and all he did was win. Yeah, did that at EMCC, that scuba tech. He won a national championship in JUCO. One of the original, uh, what is that series? They last call, Chance Last U. Chance U. Yeah. 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 All right. He may be the most underappreciated quarterback in Ole Miss history. Back. JB, I was just reading a quote here from Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback. They have a new strength and conditioning staff there at Alabama. Yeah, the other guy went to Georgia, didn't he? Yeah, he left. He'd been the longtime strength coach at Alabama, and he left to go get an on-field position with the staff over there at Georgia. It was interesting. And so here's the quote from Mac Jones about the new strength and conditioning staff. Every single lift we do, there's a reason we're doing it. And they make it very clear to why we're doing that lift. And I feel like that just boosts morale. We don't feel like we're just going through the motions. And I just couldn't help but think, have we ever had a player ever in the history of sports give a negative quote about his current strength and conditioning staff? (laughs) No, that would be ludicrous. Because you know they would take it out on you the next day. (laughs) You think that was bad? Well, guess what we got for you today. Yeah. Hey, Mac, what do you think about the new strength and conditioning staff? Well, I'll tell you this. The last one was better. (laughs) Yeah, and who had the tenacity to ask a coach, why are we doing this? Yeah, why are we doing this? Or coaches, well, we're in the best shape we've ever been in. I just want one coach one time to go, you know, in August – Practice has just started. We're just about to get going, you know, looking ahead of the season. One coach go, ah, we're not in shape. Oh, oh I heard not? that a lot in high school. Well, coaches, the old school coaches used to do it because they'd yeah, pour you, them out. You boys aren't in shape. Y'all are horrible. Get out there. Let's go grass drills. <laughs> or like Johnny Hill, the coach at Oxford High School all those years, and he used to be at Tupelo, and he'd always give everybody the quote, well, we're small, but we're slow. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, but nobody, every coach always, well, our strength and conditioning staff's done a great job this offseason. I think we're, we're bigger, we're stronger, we're going to be a little faster here and there. That's what it always is. I just want somebody to do the opposite all the time, go against the grain. And the quote should be, our strength and conditioning staff, they come up here every day, but I'm not real sure what they're doing. I've seen guys, <laughs> I've seen some of our players, and I'm telling you, I got less body fat than they do. I watched our team run the other day out here doing running, and I'm not sure we can even call it running. I just want one coach that'll do it. Maybe it's Mike Leach. Maybe it's somebody. But every team, every single team in America is bigger, stronger, and faster, and their strength and conditioning staff has done a better job than they did last year. Every one of them. If the quotes are true. It's more of a science. I mean, I, I remember I, I played high school football mid to late 70s. Yeah. And um, we could we would lift weights, and the coaches would be there, but it wasn't really a, a directed workout. They'd give you a workout sheet, but, I mean, it was kind of like you did it on your own. Uh-huh. And today, it's like, you know, I go back to <clears throat> watching my son. Yeah, I mean, he was up every morning at 530 in the summer. Yeah. You either went at 530 in the morning or you went at 530 <laughs> at night. Hey, my buddy Joe texted me. He, he thinks he remembers Coach Cheryl at one point saying that his quarterback was deceptively slow. <laughs> I'll figure that one out. Was he talking about Madkin? Oh, no. He wasn't talking about – because Wayne wasn't slow. Wayne was if, – if anything, Wayne was deceptively fast. Wayne really could run. I mean, he was a legit 4'6 guy at 6'5", 230 pounds, you know. I mean, he could – Wayne could run. He, he'd confuse people with how fast he was. He was just a heck of an athlete. Deceptively slow. Dece- <laughs> That's pretty cool. He's deceptively slow. Well, put black shoes on him. Remember that whole thing? Hey, why do you wear white shoes, coach? Well, it makes us look slower. It confuses our opponent. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And some people have said it and believed it. Uh, I got to go fast here on the country, please, and text line. I'll tell you what we'll do, y'all. Tune in here in hour number three of the show, and we will have our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days in hour three. We're going to be in the SEC and the Big 12. We've got two teams today, 22 and 21. Today, I think, is 22 days. I think we're 22 days from Saturday, September the 5th. Um, yeah, that'll put us at. 20 days from Thursday night, September 3rd, when Southern Miss and South Alabama are going to tee it up. If everything goes according to plan. Uh, unnamed texture. No, this is B-Dub from Clinton. He says, uh, when this stuff comes back even harder, it's going to be crazy. Some people really think this stuff is dying down and steady opening up things. There's going to be another death wave. Don't catch me in anyone's restaurant. It, he says, it comes down to taking care of yourself, following directions about wearing masks and washing hands. There you go. The real unnamed texter says waivers do not protect against gross negligence and reckless or intentional wrongdoing. Also, they are worthless involving minors. Jason in Flagstaff wants me to send some rain out there to him. Okay, I'll trade you some rain, Jason, for some of that snow that you're going to get in a few months. (laughs) Mark said, y'all are confused up there. This has been taken over by politics. He says, if one black athlete dies as a result of playing football, all will break loose. If you think George Floyd was bad, you're wrong. 
This this is Mark on the Country Please and text line. He says, this will be hijacked by every group in the country. As much as I want them to play, I just don't see it. There will be riots, all kinds of things, because this was brought on by white coaches in the SEC, which is full of white executives. But the Democrats will use this for political reasons. That is a text from Mark on the Country Pleasing text line. Uh, DB said, remember when testing first started early in the year? You had to have symptoms of COVID or you were not eligible to get tested. Now, everybody's getting tested regardless if they have symptoms or not. Earlier this year, people may have had COVID, but it was asymptomatic. Never got tested. Recovered. Never knew they had it. He says, take that for data. I have not personally myself talked to one single person, friend or otherwise that I've come in contact with, who was who found out they had it, were asymptomatic and had, had it and totally recovered. But I've talked to a bunch of people I know who they found out they had it because they were feeling awful and they went and got tested and sure enough, they had it. That's my experience. It's just my little bitty, teeny tiny window. Um, I have a couple of friends window. that uh, in December... Uh, one of my good friends, his grandson goes to a school that over 90 kids were out between seventh uh, and 12th grade. And he went, got tested for the flu, didn't have it. But the nurse told him, said, no, nah, it says you don't have the flu, but you got the flu. I know what you, and he was deathly sick for like seven days. Mm-hmm. And he swears to this day he had it. Yeah. But just hadn't gone in to see if he has the antibodies. Yeah. But there's a couple other people that I know that have had the same thing happen to them. One was in New York in early January and came home and got very, very sick mm-hmm. and was told she had the flu. Yeah. But she still believes that it was that COVID. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's but he's right. It's rampant because everybody's getting tested now. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, And we'd rather know who does and does have it than who doesn't. Uh, you know, I just wonder for sure. I, more testing is better regardless. The real Eric on the text line, we're talking about the 2014 Egg Bowl. He says, was, was the Egg Bowl and Iron Bowl both on CBS that day? I can't remember. I don't think so. Seems like maybe the Iron Bowl was played on Friday. You ought to have to go back and look that up. But Vern and Gary were at the Egg Bowl in 2014 in Oxford. Mississippi Tiger says, Matt, I'm curious. If these medical advisors are not getting bad information back, what's stopping these conferences from releasing the findings to the public? Why leave the people out of the loop? when we're dealing with this pandemic as well. I don't know. I don't get into the whole like HIPAA and what information you can release because I just don't know it. Matt Daddy, when I went through the whole classic game being the 2014 Egg Bowl, said this is a nightmare. (laughs) He's a state fan. And he followed that up with a bunch of letters in all caps, and it says G-T-H-T-S-U-N. Y'all figure that out. Unnamed texture. Tri-County Jamboree. I'm not even aware of these small academies being tested ever, but it's life trying to move on as normal as possible. These kids and coaches are being normal. Masks were required for entry as uh, per the MAIS, but after that point, I only saw a few, and those were high-risk elderly. Okay, that was at the, the Jamboree last night. Got some games tonight. And then Jeremy out in San Antonio on the country pleasing text says, I would love to know the difference between last year's strength and conditioning versus this year at state. Well, here I go jumping into the same old thing that I just kind of railed against earlier, but I can tell you this, Jeremy, <laughs> it's a whole different level 
Now, whether or not it makes them stronger, whether or not it makes them faster, whether or not it makes them tougher and they win more games, you know, all that kind of stuff remains to be seen. But I can just tell you, like, there's there's a universe over here that was the old strength and conditioning program when Moorhead was a coach, and there's a whole different universe over here that is currently what they have are going through and have been put through. It's different. Let's see if it pays off, huh? Maybe it'll pay off for Kylan Hill. Uh, earlier today, Athlon Sports put Kylan Hill on the 2020 preseason All-America team. He's on the let's see, third team All-American. Yeah, Kylan Hill is the third team preseason All-American running back for Athlon. Najee Harris is the second team running back. And Clemson running back Travis Etienne is the first team All-American running back. Yeah. So if you like that kind of stuff, there's that. Go look it up. Athlonsports.com. Hour three coming up. Don't go anywhere. 